This morning, we continue our sermon series in the book of Exodus. This part coming from a series of six parts on the broken covenant. Last Sunday, Pastor Joel preached from the first half of Exodus chapter 32 on the golden calf. And this Sunday, the second half of Exodus 32. The first part, which Pastor Joel preached last Sunday, was the same story told by God's perspective. This Sunday is through the perspective of Moses. And it is a little bit different. So as you listen today, listen for the perspective of Moses and Moses' leadership for the people Israel as they encounter and create the golden calf. Our scripture of the day is from Exodus 32, verses 15 through 35. Listen for the word of the Lord. Then Moses turned and went down from the mountain, carrying the two tablets of the covenant in his hands, tablets that were written on both sides, on the front and on the back. The tablets were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God engraved upon the tablets. When Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, there's a noise of war in the camp. But he said, no, it is the sound made by, not the sound made by victors, nor the sound made by losers. It is the sound of revelers that I hear. And as soon as he came near the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, Moses' anger burned hot, and he threw the tablets from his hands, and he broke them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf that they had made, burned it with the fire, ground it into a powder, and he scattered it on the water and made the Israelites drink it. Moses said to Aaron, What did this people do to you that you have brought so great a sin upon them? And Aaron said, Do not let the anger of my Lord burn hot. You know the people. They're bent on evil. They said to me, Make us gods. Make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And so I said to them, Whoever has gold, take it off. So they gave it to me, and I threw it into the fire, and out came this calf. Hmm. <laughs> when Moses saw the people were running wild, for Aaron had let them run wild to the derision of their enemies, then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Come to me. And all of the sons of Levi gathered around him. And he said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, put your sword on your side, each of you. Go back and forth from gate to gate throughout the camp, and each of you kill your brother, your friend, and your neighbor. And the sons of Levi did as Moses commanded, and about 3,000 of the people fell on that day. Moses said, Today you have ordained yourselves for the service of the Lord. 
each one at the cost of a son or a brother, and so have brought a blessing on yourselves this day. On the next day, Moses said to the people, You have sinned a great sin, but now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for this sin. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Alas, this people has sinned a great sin. They have made for themselves gods of gold. But now, if you will only forgive their sin, but if not, then blot me out of the book that you have written. But the Lord responds to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. But now go, lead the people to the place about which I have spoken to you. See, my angel shall go in front of you. Nevertheless, when the day comes for punishment, I will punish them for their sin. Then the Lord sent a plague on the people because they made the calf, the one that Aaron made. As my good friend says, ouch, the word of the Lord. <laughs> Thanks be to God. <laughs> Please join me in prayer. Gracious God, as you meet us here this morning, we come trusting that you meet us in grace. Restore to us the hope of your love. Restore to us the promise of your covenant. Give us courage in the midst of our brokenness to know and trust your love. Pour through me this day the gift of preaching that my words might be your words for us this day, your life-giving words. We pray this in the name of Jesus, your son. Amen. You've heard it said there are two sides to every story, right? Well, last week, Pastor Joel preached on the side of God, and this week we heard about the same story from the side of Moses. It's told from the perspective of a leader, a leader who has led the people out of Egypt, the leader who has journeyed with them through the wilderness and come to the Mount of Sinai, a leader who has been up communing with God, who's left the people in capable hands. And as he comes down, he hears the sound. The sounds first that are referred to as not the sounds of victory, not the sounds of losing, but the sounds of revelry. And when he encounters them, he comes to Aaron and sees a great failure, a golden calf. Moses burns hot with anger. In fact, Moses is more angry than God in the first telling of this story. You see, Moses has walked them through this time. He's told them of God's truth and promises He's asked them to be patient and to wait for God's blessing to be revealed to them. Waiting is not very easy, though, is it? For us, sometimes we wait. We wait for Thanksgiving to come and count down the days until we see our family and gathered together. 
We may wait until that time comes when we have lunch with a good friend or wait for a phone call to arrive with eager expectation. There are other times we wait, other times when it's hard to wait to hear the results a doctor has to say. Or after a job interview, waiting to hear a call back from that potential employer. Friends, the people of Israel, they were no different. They didn't want to wait. Even after their journey out of Egypt, even through all that God has brought them through, even after receiving the Ten Commandments, they were tired of waiting. Moses had been gone a very long time, too long, according to them. And so they came to their designated leader, to Aaron, and said, it's time, let's do something. Let's take matters into our own hands. Isn't there something we can do? Haven't we all been in this place? Rather than waiting, waiting to be delivered, isn't there some action we can take, some way that we can take a step to make something happen for us? Aaron hears all of this. Who knows his thoughts on the inside, but we know his actions on the outside. Even though he's heard the Ten Commandments, and as we practiced here in Sunnyside, as we studied the sermons on the Ten Commandments, and we remembered there's one true God, not one, not two gods, but one, God wants to be first. God is the only one to be worshipped. But how quickly Aaron forgets. So this people who has journeyed together, he calls to them and says, give me your gold, throw it into the fire. Memories of precious times in their history, signs of security for their future, the gold that might pave a way for them ahead, throw them into the fire. And don't you know, a golden calf just appears, almost like magic. There it is. Friends, this is sin. It's hard to talk about sin, I think. Our culture, our churches have made a big mess out of what sin is. Too often we talk about sin with fingers that point at others or fingers that point to God, but instead, sin is about us. Sin is taking matters into our own hands and refusing to trust the one true God. It's turning away from the promise God has given to us. And the consequences for this are clear. As Moses confronts Aaron, Aaron very quickly begins to pass the blame. He downplays, come on, Moses, it's not a big deal, is it? Really? Is this such a big deal? You've been gone a long time. Did you not notice? The people were ready for action. So I just put together this little fire. I just put together their gold into one place. They're big sinners, you know. It's what they wanted. He says to Moses, 
The people made me do it. Sound familiar back to the days of Genesis? Adam and Eve, someone else always makes us do it, right? But we can't pass the buck. We are accountable for our own actions. And so even while it's uncomfortable to talk about sin, it's uncomfortable to talk about our failures, Moses goes straight towards it. Because where there's smoke, there's often fire. Moses shows compassion in asking Aaron, what happened here? He joins him with empathy, but he doesn't relent in holding him accountable in the moment. The covenant God made with the Israelites has been broken, and repair is needed. Next, Moses turns to the people. While they're running wild, he takes Aaron and the golden calf and grinds all of the gold into small pieces, putting it into water and makes the people drink it. Sound a little like soap after bad words, anyone? <laughs> it's a painful truth, but there are ways that we are each accountable for our actions. Moses then turns, having heard Aaron's cry, having heard some of Aaron's blame, and saying, all of these people can't be appeased. So he turns to the people and says, who, who will come with me? Who will answer the call of God? And a group of people stand up. They stand up, they follow Moses' directions, and they become the first identified priests in the Old Testament. They're set apart for the service of God. They're set apart for fidelity to God alone, putting aside brother and sister, mother, father, and child, service to God alone. Having dealt with Aaron, having dealt with the people, Moses then climbs the mountain, returning to God. Just like a lawyer, Moses presents himself with an argument to God, saying, God, the people have broken the covenant. The people have committed a great sin, and atonement must be made. Here is the first time the word atonement appears in our scriptures, in history. Moses says, take my life, blot my life out of the book of life for their sake. This is the first time again when one life is offered for many, when one life is offered in exchange for the people of God. God hears this, but knows Moses is not meant to be the hero of this story. Moses' life is not to be surrendered in that time. So while Moses points to this model of atonement, while Moses points to the model of one who's given for all, it is not Moses' life who is eventually given. But we know now it is God's own son whose life is given in atonement. It is God's own son who would repair this broken covenant and pay the consequence of the sin of all people. 
So as we speak of sin, as we hear the words of our scripture today, let us be reminded that this consequence has been paid. This is a hard story to read and a difficult story to tell. Yet let us come to God in full confidence, in the confidence of grace, that we have been claimed in the Son of God and mercy has been shown to us. So friends, whether we are waiting to hear from a job, whether we are waiting with eager expectation, we do not always know the next step in the journey God has us walking in life. Yet let us hold fast to the one who guides our steps. Let us remember the claims of the faithful from generations long ago. God is faithful to us. Let us hold on to God who holds on to us first. For this is sure and this is certain. God's mercy has called you by name. It is God's kindness who leads you home. So let us give thanks to God for this great mystery of faith. And let us give thanks to God for the hope that even in the darkest places, even in the seasons of waiting, even in the seasons of abandonment, God has called you and claimed you. And God has made a way for us to come home where you, a place is prepared for you. This is the good news of God's grace for us this day. And this is the good news of God's grace for us every day. There is a place prepared for you, child of God. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen.